two for Wales women and a sellout against England. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from a young prop making his way in Kemsley Mathias at the Scarlets and a trip down memory lane. But first, Wales women are on a high. A great win over Ireland followed up by a really good win against improving Scotland in Edinburgh. But one player that really sums up the difference in the professional environment isn't even playing at the moment. Alicia Butchers was the water girl for this Six Nations after that injury at the World Cup. But she has quite a story to tell. Rehab and recovery has been going really well. Currently on track to make it back at the start of next season. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to, counting down the days. But yeah, can't complain, everything's going well. And how often is the phrase, you should have passed, be mentioned? <laughs> Too many times, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of times, um, it's, you know, when something like that happens, you kind of flash back in your mind quite often. And I was saying to um, some of the coaching staff, you know, maybe next time I'll learn how to, I need to learn how to kick. <laughs> <laughs> And they said no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a part of sport, isn't it? Like, you make decisions and, there's, you know, there's repercussions and things happen from those decisions and it was kind of meant to happen, I guess. That's the way I'm going to try to look at it and be, put a positive spin on it. I've had nine months, well, I'm going to have nine months to focus on myself and my physical condition and I think that's really important and hopefully take my game to the next level then. Yeah, you obviously don't know in that moment what's going to happen, but no. it is ironic that uh, yeah. you, know, you keep hold of the ball and then, yeah, and then this exactly, happens. So, exactly, exactly. In terms of injuries, how does this one compare to your last big injury as yeah. a, an experience to go through? Yeah, uh, completely different, to be honest. As you're probably aware, like, I haven't fundraised my surgery last time. Like, completely opposite this time, you know. I got injured on the Sunday, flown home on the Thursday, straight in with a surgeon, um, had my surgery within two or three weeks of landing, which is really, really good. And I've been managed here at the Vale with amazing staff. My main physio, Joe has been absolutely outstanding with me and, you know, she's kind of at the other end of the phone with all my concerns and worries at any point. She pushes me really hard and, you know, it's tough. Rehab's really tough. It, it's not like when you're playing and, you know, you're loving everything that you do. When you rehab, it's kind of, <laughs> you're by yourself a lot. got to try and stay as positive as possible and I think the team around me have really helped me do that and, you know, I'm four and a half months down and I'm counting down every day but... It's a part of the game and I'm just kind of trying to embrace it at the moment, yeah. Because we talk about the difference of professionalism in terms of gym scores or whether you can pass a little bit better or whatever. Just at a human level, I think you sum up what professionalism means, what you're going through now compared to last time. Yeah, it does. It really does. Just like when I think about last time, I think of the stress I was under and all the anxiety and like not being able to go to work, not being able to go out to the house and didn't know where my rehab was going to be done all those different things and challenges I had to face and this time it's been like complete opposite I can't can't even describe how much better it's been and everything's been taken care for me so all I've got to focus on is kind of getting back to the field and being the best athlete as I can while I'm off and I think that's been a huge difference and I think it's really exciting because everybody here now is getting the same treatment and um, I think that shows a step in the right direction so I'm really positive about it it's been valued. Yeah. People are prepared to put the effort in instead of you having to yeah, do it, it yourself. It does, and, as you say, it, yeah. get the crowdfunding. I think that's a really good way to describe it because last time probably one of the feelings I probably felt was not I'm not valued. I'm not a valued rugby player within 
you know, my club, within my country, wherever it was, and this time has been complete opposite, you know. I got injured the first game of the World Cup and I hadn't, didn't know if I was going to be contracted this year yet, but here I am full-time again, and I think that goes to show the support that Johan has for me as an individual player, but, you know, the support that they're willing to give the women's team in general, and I think that's really exciting. And you must have been on such a high at the time of the injury as well. Everything was going so well on the back of a, a great Six Nations. You were yeah. the player of the year for Wales last year. Yeah. Going into the World Cup, you're having a pretty decent game and yeah. then it all comes crashing yeah, down. Yeah, it, it did come crashing down. Yeah, it did. It was funny because I was saying to the girls, um, we sat in the hotel before the game, watching the Italy game. I can't remember who they played first, but one of the players went down in like the first like five minutes, wherever it was, with bad knee, I think, as well. And then the day after I got injured, I was sitting next to her waiting for an MRI. And we were just like, oh, how... I remember saying, oh, that's so unfortunate. Look at her, like, gone into the first game. And then the day after, it was me. But that sport, you know, I come off... I was probably playing some of the best rugby I, I've played. And I was on a real... Um, I felt really confident going into the World Cup. I trained the hardest I've ever trained, the fittest I've ever been. And then, you know, rugby is a contact game, so injuries happen. And unfortunately, it was me. I'd rather have been there and got 60 minutes of rugby than not. So I'm really lucky that I got to experience New Zealand and I got to be a part of the team for the two weeks that I was there. Um, it didn't end the way I wanted, but I'm really proud of the girls and how they represented, well, all of us for the remainder of the tournament. So for the Six Nations, you'll be cheering on enthusiastically from the sidelines? Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, it's, it's been really different for me to take on a different roles within the team not leading while playing having to kind of take a back seat and kind of let the girls go for it but I'm always there on the side cheering them on and I think they really enjoy having me there as like fangirling them all and you know trying to get myself up to their level now so they're really inspiring me to kind of take the next you know it's such a psychological challenge being injured and I'm really lucky that I've got them to support me and kind of push me on to the next level. In terms of next season, does it help that you've been through this rehab and you know you can get back to the highest level? Yeah, it does. This rehab is tough. It's a nine-month injury, but I think all the work I'm doing now is going to pay dividends when I get back, and I'm hoping that you know I can come back stronger, get a couple of games in with Bristol, get some confidence back, and then be flying into the autumns. And confident that you can be back to the level that you were before when you got injured. Yeah, yeah, I am. You know, it's, it's not going to come overnight and I'm not expecting to be back as, you know, first game, second game. But, you know, with game time and confidence and a lot of training time and contact time here, I'm confident that I can get back and become better, better from this, yeah, 100%. When you do come back, you're owed a bit of a run. You know, not, <laughs> you know, next injury can be a sort of twisted ankle or something, 100%. nothing too big. I've done my time being injured now, I think, so... Um, it's time for someone else to take, time to take their turn, but no. It's a part of sport, and I've just got to rehab and get back ASAP because I'm missing it so much, to be honest. It's been rubbish, but yeah, it is what it is. Great, good luck with it. Thank you very much. Thank Great. you. And it'll be good to see her back on the pitch plane rather than just carrying the water. As well as the Women's Six Nations, a couple of Welsh teams in action in the quarterfinals of the European Challenge Cup. Cardiff Rugby, after that superb win against Sale, and the Scarlets after their victory over Brief. One young player making his mark this season is prop Kemsley Mathias, part of a strong Wales under-20s group coming through. It's a big, big game, quarterfinals. We haven't had quarterfinals footy here in a couple of years, and obviously it's my first time experiencing the atmosphere, and the fans were amazing last week. And I took it off, so I had a phone call, so I think there could be a good attendance now. 
on Friday. So I think yeah, it's going to be a big opportunity and I think it's going to be louder. Just how much of a buy-in is there from the players in terms of what Dwayne's trying to do? I think from December onwards, we've seen a shift in confidence and how the boys are performing. I don't know if we can put a finger on it, but it just seems as if we're just more confident on the pitch. Boys backing one another, playing more expansive rugby, less discipline because that was a big error for us at the start of the season. So those are the key things, really, especially against the Sharks and then performing us breathe then just last Friday. Yeah, you can just see there's a bit of a, a shift. I think it, it was trust in the process and maybe it took five, six games to get into our shape and into our game, really. And you, and you mentioned, obviously, things have turned around in terms of the confidence from December onward. That's sort of the, the point where you've really started to make the, the starting jersey your own. I think you've had 10 of the last 12 starts. How have you enjoyed that run of games? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's been really great from my point of view. Um, getting the week in, week out uh, experience, yeah, it's, it's what I aspire to do. And yeah, and I'm enjoying putting on the jersey. Obviously, I had an injury at the start of the season, so it's nice to come back from injury and being able to play. It's usually a a battle for a young prop to get the sort of experiences you're getting. You know, having come through all the age grade, are you sort of pleasantly surprised to be getting all the all the chances you have as as early on in your career as you are? Well, yeah, I'm very privileged to have the the opportunity that I'm having. But I've had the likes of of Wayne and Rob for the last two three years, being the, the understudy really, and seeing what it takes. To, to play at this level. So having them has, has helped me to kick on, be able to scrimmage and play at that standard. So yeah, the likes of them have helped me massively, yeah. And beating New Zealand at junior level or beating Claremont? Well, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a very good day, but yeah, playing now with the Scarlets is, and playing the amount of games I've played, yeah, it, it doesn't compare. It's not long since he was part of Wales under-20s and it's also a chance to hear some more about the stars of tomorrow. One of those is Swansea and Ospreys lock Liam Edwards. I'm from Marston in Swansea. Got into rugby when I was about 10. I started playing at my local club, Marston, uh, because a few of my mates from school uh, were going down. So, so yeah, I just went down there, played rugby. Very big into football back then, so rugby never really crossed my mind at all. And then never looked back since. How big were you at 10? Was that already going to be evident? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's quite one of the biggest in my class, always always been. So yeah, when I went down there, they loved me straight away. Got me straight in and they, they were loving it. And Morrison's a good club, isn't it? It's produced a lot of good players. Yeah, it's produced a lot of good players. The Moriarty's are from down there. They play a big part in the club now. Yeah, it's great. So in terms of somewhere to develop, and as you say, you've got the Moriarty's people you can see, when did you start sort of thinking a little bit further ahead? Because you had those role models there. Yeah, well, it never really hit me that rugby could be a thing for me to go into until maybe when I got to about 15. Started really getting into it then, started taking it more seriously. You had the schoolboys coming around, you had regional rugby started to be more of a prominent thing. And I tried out for schoolboys at 15, didn't make it, but then got called in later on then after they saw me in a game. And then after that, then it, I started really putting everything into rugby and it started becoming one of the main parts of my life then. Through the Wales 18s and now into your first year and starting all the games, so... Yeah, you can look forward to a pretty exciting sort of 15, 16 months ahead of you, can't you? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. You've got the summer and then you've got next year where you become one of the senior players. You become one of the leaders. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting a uh, couple of months coming up uh, with the World Cup in a couple of months now in South Africa. It's going to be great for the lads. I'm really looking forward to that. Experience playing against some of the top under-20s players in the world. 
and yeah, being one of the senior players in the squad going forward is, is a really exciting uh, prospect. And in the Ospreys Academy, what's that like? Because you've obviously got a few quite useful second rows fairly close at hand you can model yourself on. Yeah, it's great having so many role models ahead of me. Obviously, Alan Wynn, Reese Davis, Bradley Davis, all of them just being great role models to look up to, being around every day. It's just great experience being a young second row myself, just having so many people who I can look at and, and model my game on, basically. Alan Wynn's the obvious one there. He's, he's an idol of Welsh rugby and able to see him most days is, is just um, unbelievable. Like, just blows my mind every time. So he's obviously a, a massive one. But but Reese Davis being a, one of the younger second rows, obviously making his, his Wales debut recently, it's just great to be around them. So for yourself, part of a fairly young forward unit, how much do you take out of some of the lessons? Maybe things like that Italy game is one way you sort of learn from as much as anything else up front? Yeah, we are a young front five, young pack. So this whole competition we've been learning, you know, the Ireland game, we learn a lot from, we've been losing, but we've been taking lessons from each game. We're just building on each defeat, learning from what we need to get better at, just taking it step by step at the moment, going into the World Cup. Well, they are defeats, but they must be frustrating because you've been in every game. You've got three bonus points to go with it as well. So it shows that every game has had parts where you've been on top, where you've been looking good even though they have ended in defeat yeah we've been a force I feel like we've really been a strong pack in in the competition we took England on up front we took Italy on up front obviously they ended up coming out on top but each game as we've been in it for a long periods of time unfortunately though in the last 20 minutes that's when we seem to drop off but we have been in a lot of games I think it just comes down to experience then losing our heads sort of a bit in the last 20 minutes with frustration sort of the emotion coming out a bit then and you look at the Italy game, the line-out drives, they'd scored six tries and you managed to put a stop to that. So the scrum struggled, but there were lots of other areas that the Welsh pack stood up. Yeah, they have a, a, a big scrum and we knew that was going to be a problem coming to the game. Unfortunately, we weren't able to handle it, but with driving line-out, we knew that would be a key part of their game and I thought we did well to stop it. We had a strong front four and we just we just stopped it right there and I thought that was a real positive we could take from the game. It brought a lot of confidence into us after we stopped their first driving line out and it brought grew through the game unfortunately though near the end of the game we did leave them have a couple more but a couple of strong moles but I think overall we had a strong mole D in the game and it's not going to get easier against France is it no they were also another massive pack that we're going to have to against back to back but with experience against England Italy I think we've had experience against big packs so I think taking the experience we've gained from those two games so we just got to grow again Let's take that next step, level up, next step. Well, we're looking about Alan Wynn and Reese Davis. Let's take it back a level. And Chris Junzer and David Jenkins were wearing the four and five jersey for Wales about you know, nine, ten months ago. So you've got those role models really, really close to you. Yeah, they played in the summer series. Now they're taking the step into the first team. So knowing that that could be a possibility if things were to go the right way in the next couple of months is really positive for, for everyone uh, in the squad I think just knowing that those opportunities could come round if you play positively if you have a good positive impact on the game you know the door's open there for you to, to step in and you've got Wales on 20s obviously where else are you going to get your action your development in the next two years say playing with Swansea now regularly at the moment uh, through the Ospreys Academy so that's been great that's just been a, a great level to play at in the Prem uh, develops your physicality just a great level to play at but hopefully now over the next couple of years I can take that step in, into the Ospreys senior squad and just really push on from there 
That Swansea stepping stone is really important though, isn't it? I think it's been really important for me, especially just having that level of competition at a young age, at 19, you know, stepping into a, a man's game, playing with the physicality they play has just been a massive just development for me. I think it's great for everyone. Every player in the squad's had a, a bit of experience in the Premiership, especially if they're playing at the regions. I think it's just a really, really positive uh, effect on everyone. Okay, great. Well, good luck with it. Good luck with it. Thank you very much. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Finally, a chance to meander down memory lane over this Easter weekend. It's 50 years since the famous Barbarians match against the All Blacks, rated as one of the best games of rugby ever. A chance to hear from wing John Bevan and first JPR Williams about a different era in rugby. 50 years on, can you believe it's uh, the event that it is? Not really, no. Um, it was phenomenal, really, in that it was the majority of the 71 Lions who expected to play 18 months later, and we just managed to hit it off. We, we illegally, uh, as realised at the time, uh, we had um, our coach from 71, Cadwin James. He actually gave a team talk to, to the Barbas team, Strictly out of the blue, really, and, and we just turned it on. And to be fair to the All Blacks, they joined into the superb game it turned out to be. And John Bevan, I mean, it was a great game to be on the wing, surely? I, well, normally on the wing, you don't do much. You called it into action every now and then. But within five minutes of that game, I was absolutely shattered from all the running around. The ball was in play for so long. And normally where you... Expect somebody to kick the ball to touch if he goes into the 22. All of a sudden, people start dancing in the 22 and they're counter-attacking or whatever. And so they entered into the spirit of things. And as uh, John said, you know, we picked up where we left off. It wasn't as if we were thrown together and we didn't know each other. We actually picked up where we were passing the ball, moving the ball. We knew who could do what. And it gelled on the day. The All Blacks could have shut up shop and just shoved up the jumper and it would have been a different game. But they ended in the spirit of it and made it the occasion it was. Let's talk about the try. I'll come to JPR in a moment. But of course, you were involved but not involved. What was your view on it? I obviously took all the All Blacks out of the just looking at me. <laughs> no, but um, Brian Williams was my opposite number, great winger, but he kicked the ball. And I was just jogging back, thinking that, well, that kick's not going anywhere. Somebody will kick it out of touch. And when I saw Benny dancing, I thought, I'd better get back there. And fair play to everybody involved in that try. They started getting back behind the ball. Uh, there were a couple of tackles and passing out the tackles, which uh, most sometimes some of these players, especially the forwards, might have just taken in and set up the mall or the ruck but they managed to get the ball out. Now, when Derek had the ball, we can safely say the pace going forward was not as was a bit uh, worrying. And I just saw this black tide coming across and Derek trundling along. He, I caught the ball. I doubt if I would have made it because I would have gone from a jogging position to sprinting. But fair play to Gareth. He just saw him wind up and he took the pass and he just got there in the corner to read that pass was brilliant to actually come on at pace 
you know, I tried to come on the inside. There's no way Gareth was going to pass anyway that close to the line, to be honest. So, and the amazing he, thing about that was that, that Gareth started off behind our own goal line. So he, he actually was accelerating all the, all the while and took it flat out. Yeah, that made the difference. Yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, made the difference. Huge difference. And of course, it was all started by Phil Bennett yes. in the full-back position. What were yes. you doing letting him get, get well, there? <laughs> we all miss Benny so much. And I played with him at under-15 level, so I knew what to expect. I knew he was going to run it back. And of course, nowadays, that would be probably a red card and uh, sending off. And the try would never have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was there a feeling back in the 22, moving towards the halfway line, that it's on here? Yeah, I, I think we we all realised that uh, the only way to beat the All Blacks, uh, and it still stands to this day, is to actually speed. move the ball against yeah. them. Because you're not going to win more than 35% of the ball, which is what happened in 71 and, and in the Lions. Uh, um, it was great that it's, it all turned right. And then, of course, it was such a great question for you both, but it was such a great game, wasn't it? The, the whole match was just it yes, set the tone. As we said, uh, we, we had no right, really, to... To play like we did do, and uh, I think um, the Karen must have said, because I wasn't in the dressing room, and he spoke much of the forwards, go out there and move the ball, which was always his. For three and a half months, he uh, said that. Yeah, three and a half, <laughs> and, and it happened. It was yeah. just a fantastic occasion. Yeah. Nearly enough to keep you in rugby union, John? <laughs> if they got me a job, I would say. <laughs> rugby league got me a teaching job, so <laughs> I've mean, got nothing against rugby league. Great game. Yeah. Could a game like that be played now in the professional era, do you think? We've just mentioned the fact I took five high tackles in that game. The first one was the one of, from the try. It's difficult at the moment. There's, there's so much uncertainty about tackles you know is it a yellow card no card red card I'd like to see rugby union go back to what it was when I was in school you tackle below the knee and you get your head out of the way to me it's common sense yeah John yeah as a school teacher Mm -hmm. that's all you teach and tackle keep your head out of the way there's a target area if you want to make it harder tackle try and put your shoulder on the other knee, not on the near thigh. But I think all teachers teach kids the right way and about moving the ball. You know, all the schools teach, use the ball, use the ball. Every school I've gone to penalises anybody. It goes reasonably high, even if it slips up, because you've got to instill it instilled in school boys. There's your target. And if they do that, and if they do it in senior level, obviously the boys with the ball... No, they can't tackle up there, and they're going to have their hands free to get rid of the ball. So hopefully it'll make it a, a faster game, and coaches will be saying, move the ball, not set up a ruck, set up a mall. You know, so if they do change the tackle area down to there, it will open up the game for more skills. Watching some 70s, 80s rugby, yeah. and it seems that all the tackling's either low, or as you mentioned, oh. head high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to change the uh, the attitude of the players, I think, really, in, in that you, you can't tackle, I would say, above the waist. You can easily slip off and go up to the head area, which is where, where all the worry is about. It was Brian Williams, of course, with the high tackle. But, uh, you know, obviously now everyone, like you say, says red card. At the time, like that day or afterwards, did anybody mention no, the tackle? No, no, <laughs> it no. Was, it was kind yeah, of no. not seen no. as... No. Which shows how things have because changed, I, I guess. Yeah. As I said, I, I had four similar tackles during the rest of the game. 
Was your try on that day better? <laughs> well, <laughs> and Willie John would say yes because he, he took part in two passes and then Mike Gibson gave me the ball. In fact, it was as important as Gareth's try in that the All Blacks came back at us quite strongly and the result was still in doubt and my try finished it off, basically. I sidestepped the fullback. <laughs> First time I've ever seen you sidestep. <laughs> never, seen, never seen me sidestep before. But it was just a great occasion, amazing how, if you're a great side, as we were in 71, obviously, you can reproduce it. You haven't got to win all the ball. You can win with 30, 35% of the possession, which is what we did in 71 of the Lions. So. 71 won the Grand Slam and then beat the All Blacks. But you were still only 20. Yeah. And you were probably only like 22 when this try was scored. Yeah, yeah. I went How north at 22. You went north in the later that year. Yeah. How did you cope with this? I mean, I didn't. John was young. But I mean, how, did, <laughs> how did you cope with it so young? Well, I'd been on a plane once before for two days. Poitiers played for the under 18s. Never been. Anyway, really properly, so I was a bit naive from the Ronda. My dad had to have a second mortgage to get me to spend money on the Lions tour. I didn't know what to expect. A bit raw, I was the second year in Cardiff Call, and I played about 12 games for Cardiff in, in, from the age of 18 because I had to play for Cardiff Call. That was the done thing, which is great because I enjoyed that rugby. I had good coaches at Cardiff Call, but... Yeah, I was, I was a raw lad for three and a half months on that tour. And yet three years later, you know, the same season I go to play rugby league, I went on the Great Britain Rugby League tour for another three and a half months back to Australia and New Zealand. But I was a bit more grown up then. And there were so many more great days. Now, you missed out on those. How have you over the years reflected on that? Yeah, obviously I would have loved to be in contention for the 74 Lions tour. They did really well. Yeah. And you think you've been with a chance of going. I'd be 23 but going to play rugby league and playing 13 seasons of rugby league, I grew up in a, in a year or two. Always great to hear from the legends of the game. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of build-up to the Wales-England women's game next week. But until then, goodbye.